Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. I used to really fault my siblings and say, you guys are so lame. You never want to go against the grain. You never want to get embarrassed. You never want to, you know, step out of this box. And we used to, it used to be really contentious. Um, And that's what I mean by we've had to learn how to accept each other as adults and still remain close because otherwise this could become something that like, like we never go out together, right? If, if we couldn't figure out how to do this. And so part of it, like my younger brother, I love him so much. He he is my number one supporter and fan. He now as an adult, and I would say in the last year, because he's learned how to love someone like me. You know, he says things to me like, you know, sheets. I was like, man, you've made so much progress. Like we can have so, we can talk so much. And he says, man, sheets, I think I've just learned how to really not put you at the same standards as like, I have for myself because he's really also grown in his own self-awareness. Like he is uncomfortable stepping out of the box sometimes, you know? And so having that conversation where he's been so accepting and open and self-aware has really allowed us to like become closer as adults. And so I think it's that. I think my degree of self-love allows me to be open and be embarrassed and look stupid and confront things. And I think that allows me to do the same thing with other people. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. You know, I think what's interesting is we just finished talking about boundaries and what actually uh, reminded me that I wanted to have you as a guest on the show was something that I saw you know, on Instagram, which I think will make a sort of interesting segue to the work that you do and, and what you've been up to, uh, you know, that you do this thing that is very generous. And I remember thinking about watching this, uh, you know, you mentioned, I don't remember the entire story. I remember it involved the Dunkin' Donuts and going to Dunkin' Donuts at the end of the day. Uh, and, you know here we are talking about boundaries. And yet on the flip side of that, you have this sort of, you know, extreme level of generosity, unlike anything I've ever seen. Tell us about that. Like, what is it that you do? Uh, Cause I know that this isn't just a, a sort of, you know, one day thing. It's kind of like every couple of days, right? Um, well, I'm interested to hear what you think is every couple of days or what you got from that story. But first of all, thank you. You know, if nothing else is going well in my life, if all else fails, I know I am probably, I, I am the top 1% in the world 
in being effusive and generous and open with my energy. I trust the world is my entire family and I act like it. So like people on the, if you encounter me on the streets of New York, you will have an amazing day. You will have like, it will be magic for you. And I don't mean to sound arrogant. I mean, in a very real way, I make it a part of who I am and my whole goal in, in this world. I feel like it's a part of my purpose is to literally be able to connect you will have a better day. I promise you, you will smile, you will laugh, whether it's because of something I'm doing and how much I'm enjoying myself, or I will involve you and I will make you a part of my family for that moment. And I will link arms with you on the subway and I will touch your arm and I will smile at you and I will say something that's different. And I just, my whole world is based on the 90 million interactions I have in a day with the people in the world. And so part of like, you know, one, one thing I think to your point of the story that you're talking about is there was a guy who was standing outside of Dunkin' Donuts and I I used to, I just moved to Harlem, but I used to live in Chelsea and there's so much trash. There's so much stuff that you see on the side of the street every single night. And a lot of it is unused food. So all the restaurants and the cafes and the Starbucks, there's so much good food that just gets thrown at the end of the night. And one of my biggest values in life is for myself and for my whole world, I seek to fulfill my own potential. I hate unused potential. Untapped potential is tragic to me, is as tragic as poverty, as tragic as any other problem that we're here to solve is untapped potential. And so I just saw all this food going to waste. And I was like, this sucks. There is so much here. And so I just started looking at solutions and I tried to figure out like what is being done and how is this problem being solved? And of course there are, there's an organization called City Harvest that's solving this problem in New York by gathering, having fleets of trucks and gathering this food and having partnerships with food pantries and they feed the homeless. So one thing was already being done. But before I knew this at the time, I was like, screw this. I want to figure something out. So I would go at the end of the day. I only did it a couple times actually, or like a few times, maybe a handful of times before I started realizing like something else needs to happen. But I started going to Dunkin' Donuts or Pret-a-Manger or these other restaurants in New York at closing time, like 9, 10 PM. And I'd buy some food at cost. So like, let's say I went into Dunkin' Donuts at 10 PM. And I would, I made friends with people there, like the employees. I would say, Maher, you know, hook it up with, I'll give you a couple dollars, hook it up with $20 worth of donuts. And so he would, and then I would take all those donuts and I would go on my street in Chelsea and I would just hand them out to people who were homeless or look like they needed food or whatever were asking for food. Now, Turns out, even if you're homeless and you're hungry, you don't always want to eat donuts. I mean, I'm not homeless <laughs> or hungry, and I always want to eat donuts. But it's um, I'm with you. <laughs> but you know, it's it sort of became like this thing. Like, girl, listen, <laughs> we don't want these donuts. But I just started to, um, I don't know, just do something about it. And one day, I met this man, David, who was standing outside of the Dunkin' Donuts, and um, I was like, yo, you want a donut? And 
This wasn't one of the days when I had gone and bought donuts. This was just a random day, but I was going to Dunkin' Donuts to buy myself a donut. Okay. I don't know how many more times I need to say the word donut, but anyway, I went, I said, Hey, how you doing? And he said, Hey, I'm doing fine. And I said, do you want a donut? And he said, okay, fine. So I gave him the donut that I bought one donut and I went back into Dunkin' Donuts and I bought myself another donut. (laughs) And then we got to talking and, um, that was it. We just got to talking for a few minutes. How you doing? What's going on? Um, people in New York city and I'm sure every big city, there's a real culture for how to treat people on the street and people who don't have homes. And, um, you know, I, I don't subscribe to that. I really feel like people on the streets are my friends. Plus after having gone through the last two really shitty years in Detroit, I was in a place where I'm still figuring out out and finding my legs. And I was feeling extremely vulnerable. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling confused. And I couldn't hide it. And so all I really wanted to do was connect. So as I'm telling the story, I don't want it to seem like, yeah, man, I'm going, I'm doing all these things. Like most often every single day in my life, I'm trying to solve my own problem. I'm trying to give myself what I need first and somehow, you know, other solutions start to happen and other people get involved. But in any case, I'm meeting, you know, I spoke to David and then that was that we just went our separate ways. But then over the course of living in Chelsea for those, for that year, I started to see him over and over again because he stood in that same spot and we became friends, like actual friends. And David, who's, you know, living on the streets and, um, who wasn't living on the streets prior to this year, but went through a hard time in his life and had fallen on some hard times. I mean, we connected like we had been long lost kindred spirit friends. And the biggest thing that connected us was our mindset. David is a risk taker. He believes in himself. He's got so much potential. And we started helping each other solve our problems. I'd be like, man, I got to have this conversation with my dad and I don't know how. And he would give me his advice, which was, I don't think I've, I have hired business coaches. I've had my self-love coach. I've paid so much money to people. I have gotten some of the best advice, just the non-bullshit best advice from David. And I started to really go home and think, man, this dude is something else. And so David and I, over the course of a few months, we started just meeting and chatting. And it was weird because he looks disheveled and we look like an odd pair, truly. Like you see us on the street. It's like, what are you two doing together? Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And so we didn't care. We would just, it was actually kind of comical for us to like stand on the street corner and like have these conversations and we would open it. We would receive it openly, all these reactions from other people. So what we decided to do was take what we do for each other, which is help each other with our real life day-to-day issues and take it to the street. Namely because we're too big of people to just be with each other. I felt this way since I was five. I'm too big to just be this or that. David was definitely too big just to be helping me. He needed to help other people. I felt that way. I knew he felt that way about me. So we said, let's give other people advice. Let's see if we can help people on the streets of New York who have their head down, who are 
always looking upset and in a hurry. Everyone's got issues. Let's see. So we stood on the corner of 28th and 7th and then 28th and 8th. And we created what we called the corner office, which is the corner office, free advice for any issue you may have. And basically we were just street corner therapists for an hour on the weekends. And we did it a bunch of different times. We did it for a few months and we got insane questions. People asked us how to fund their films, how to get investors, where to get a pair of shoes, how to have their kids stop asking them for money, how to find a job, how to write a script. I mean, we got all sorts of random questions. Oh, I had a really bad day. What should I do? I'm still thinking about it. I had a bad day yesterday. I'm still thinking about it. And David and I would just, David would give his real straight up street advice. And I would often give my heady sort of what I thought was smart advice. And we would just kind of help as many people as we could. And at the end of that, we would, and we did it all for free. So here you have this man who's homeless, who's ordinarily like asking for money. We're not asking for shit. We're just helping you as much as we can and being generous. And meanwhile, we're also getting filled up with like, we loved like being with each other and it was a great friendship and we're out in the sunshine and we're also helping other people. It was just like this real kind of generous cycle of things. And it made us feel really good um, when we weren't feeling so good in some moments. And, and so David, so we turned it in. So basically I'm turning it into a little bit, you know, I have a podcast that I'm turning it into a section called the corner office and um, where David and I, now we have like already four or five episodes carved out, but it's basically him and I talking about real deal life. And sometimes the corner office isn't us on the street. It's us talking about like life, my life, his life, what's going wrong, what's going right. And that's, and, and that's the epitome of how I live my life. Like I am so rich in amazing people and experiences because I'm just open. Like I really feel like my next moment after I leave this office and I go and catch my train, something amazing could happen. And that's, that's how I live. And oftentimes that's what happens. Um, so that's, that's kind of how that Dunkin' Donuts to get back to donuts, because that's what life is about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, why aren't more people like this? Like, like, why don't more people go through the world thinking every day that I'm going to walk out the door and something amazing is going to happen? I mean, you're, well, I'm keeping you from catching a train and your default response to that is, okay, something amazing could happen. Yeah. I have a very clear answer for that because it's embarrassing and hard to do. It's inconvenient to step out of like your train path to go and talk to someone who is very confronting to you initially. Like on the streets of New York, if you're, you know, if you don't have a home and you're on the streets, like you're generally not looking like someone who's very approachable. So it it takes a lot to confront your own discomfort. And, you know, it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier, which is like, we will coast as humans if we're allowed to. I just know that there's so much more potential. It goes back to potential. I know 
so much is possible if I confront embarrassment and discomfort and my fear. And I've seen that by practicing that. I've seen, I've had awesome things happen that the default of like not doing that is feels so shitty to me. It just feels so shitty. I feel like I'm leaving something on the table every time. Now, I'm not doing that at three in the morning if I'm on the train. You better believe I'm not talking to someone who looks kind of shady or like, I'm not like my, I can close up and I can close down my energy when I need to. But, you know, I'll give you an example. It's taken a while for my sister and my brother to accept this part of me. Because if we go out anywhere, anywhere, I am usually the person that is like, there's ease around me being in, in any situation. I can go into a situation and I can talk and I can feel like, man, like let's, let's talk about it or let's connect or I'll talk to the train conductor. I'll talk to the delivery guy. I'll end up having an amazing experience. Like, you know, if we're on a trip somewhere with our pilot or our air hostess, oh my God, air hostess, what flight attendant? Um, I just (laughs) sounded like a hundred years old. And, um, there, there's always been this thing to like, Ishita, stop. Like, why do you have to say something? Like, why are you this way? Like, there's always this level of like, don't, why, why are you, you're so embarrassing or like, just stop. Like, is it necessary to do every time? And it's been a real point of contention for, for me with them for my entire life. Because it is necessary for me every time. It is necessary. Opening myself up to what if is a necessity for me. I don't know how to explain it other than I literally feel like crying to think if I didn't open myself up to this relationship with David and our friendship and to think that so much richness and friendship in moments of times that were both that were really hard for us i i just want to it's like almost making me feel really emotional because that's what gives meaning to my life and i am not scared i think it's fear i think it's fear of being looking stupid and fear of being embarrassed that holds us back from these types of connections but you got to remember even growing up in a family, like in the type of family that we had, we all have had different responses to it. I used to really fault my siblings and say, you guys are so lame. You never want to go against the grain. You never want to get embarrassed. You never want to you know, step out of this box. And we used to, it used to be really contentious. Um, and that's what I mean by we've had to learn how to accept each other as adults and still remain close because otherwise this could become something that like, like we never go out together, right? If, if we couldn't figure out how to do this. And so part of it, like my younger brother, I love him so much. He, he is my number one supporter and fan. He now as an adult, and I would say in the last year, because he's learned how to love someone like me. You know, he says things to me like, you know, sheets. I was like, man, you've made so much progress. Like we can have so, we can talk so much. And he says, 
man, Sheets, I think I've just learned how to really not put you on the same standards as like I have for myself because he's really also grown in his own self-awareness. Like he is uncomfortable stepping out of the box sometimes, you know? And so having that conversation where he's been so accepting and open and self-aware has really allowed us to like become closer as adults. And so I think it's that. I think my degree of self-love allows me to be open and be embarrassed and look stupid and confront things and not feel like fucked up about it. And I think that allows me to do the same thing with other people. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That sounded so cheesy at the end. (laughs) Wow. Uh, No, uh, that was beautiful. So let's do this. Uh, It's funny because we've spent almost no time talking about the actual work that you do. uh, (laughs) I know. Which is fine. But you know what, this is the work that I do. I will be real about it. Everything that I do professionally is literally founded on this. And every good gig that I've had, every client that I see, every speaking gig, every anything is founded on this stuff that you and I have been talking about. So it's good for people to hear this first. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, there's a reason I said it the way I did. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's shift gears a little bit and start talking about your actual work. Because, you know, it's funny when I look at, you know, uh, your career trajectory, I mean, med school, as a potential path. And then of course, Seth Godin, and you are one of a long line of people who are former Seth Godin disciples, I guess is the way I would put it, uh, who have been here. So I wonder about your experience working with him, uh, the impact that it has had on your worldview, uh, what you found challenging about it and what are the things that have stayed with you uh, from the experience? Oh my God, that's a lot. I feel like you and I could literally have a three and a half hour podcast. Um, <laughs> Imagine. Well, you can you can have me back again too on, on all this other stuff. But um, listen, I have had someone remarkable believe in me and that person is Seth. Um, I have never in my life had someone who has told me to use the internet to build tools and connect people and that I don't have to wait for permission and that I should just go and take up space. Seth's whole counsel to me when I was in his first MBA program and when I worked with him um, for a couple years after that program. And actually, I just started working with Seth again, like two weeks ago, um, interestingly enough. So it's, it's very relevant now. His counsel has always been and still is till today, take up space take up all the space that you want and go. And I've never had someone in my life tell me that outside of myself and outside of like straight up God or the books that I read. I give myself space through those things, but a real human being telling me that has been Seth. So after, I'll give you context, after I deferred medical school and I did I took a year off and I just did all that other stuff, like random jobs and things to figure out what I wanted. I ended up moving to Boston to do photography school. I did two years of photography school in documentary photography. And I, after doing that, I graduated. But right in the middle of that photography experience, I three months before I was about to graduate, 
well, actually earlier that year, I started reading this blog by Seth, had no idea who he was, didn't even know how he stumbled on it, but everything that he was writing about marketing and leadership was like resonating with me. And I had zero marketing business, any kind of experience or background, but I started reading his blog. And after a few months of reading his blog, while still in photo school, I took the bus from Boston to New York City and I went to one of his events called Tribes. And he was talking about a book that he had written called Tribes. And it was a live event. And as I'm sitting there in this audience, it was at the Times Center. So it was at the New York Times building. It was everything. It was like everything was culminating. I was like, man, I'm going to hear this guy speak who I'm really inspired by. I'm going to the New York Times building in New York City. Like, man, this is going to be awesome. Okay. So all this great feeling. And I get there and I start listening to Seth talk. And all I can do is cry. Like I am weeping. Like I am that woman in this audience that you're like, she needs to shut the hell up and leave because I can't hear Seth speak. I was like weeping because all the things. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow! 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. He was saying I was had been feeling for so long, but I was also feeling really strongly then, which is like, I know I'm here to do something big. I just said no to medical school. Now I'm doing photography. I know I want to do something like around storytelling. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to do something big. And I left that lecture like he ended and I told myself I was going to go talk to him, but I couldn't because I was crying too much. And then I was about to hop this bus back to Boston, but all of a sudden this booming voice was like in my head and it said, you will work with him one day. And it sounded like this, like, I don't know, it had the quality of like this elder, like Native American man. I don't know how else to put it. And it was like clear as day, like this person was standing in front of me, screaming it in my face. And I was like, okay, whatever that means. And then I just got on the bus and went back to Boston. I graduated photo school two months later, something like that. And I moved to New York City, as people do, with like big hopes, big dreams. And I started interning with this photographer that I... I know I'm giving you the full scope of the story, but I think it's relevant. Um, And then we'll get back to Seth. I basically moved to New York. I had no idea what I was going to do, except I knew I didn't want to like pay my dues in photography. And I wanted to just work with the best. So I called up the only person that I wanted to work with, Steve McCurry, who was the photographer for the National Geographic Remember that cover, the Afghan girl? And uh-huh. he's super, anyway, he's a super famous photographer. I called him up and I said, listen, Steve, I want to take your business to the top and you should hire me. And he's like, who the hell are you? But anyway, I got an interview and I got to be an intern. And so I started being like studio manager slash intern slash person at Steve McCurry's studio. and. I did that for a couple months and pretty quickly though, I started to realize like, ah, I'm not really digging this. I'm really not digging this. And herein lies the difference between a mentor who lets you fly and who is a real solid mentor and someone who just wants you to work for them. So no hard feelings with Steve McCurry, but I could really tell at this studio <clears throat> There wasn't going to be space for me to be as big as I wanted to be. And I don't mean big, arrogant. I mean, big on the inside. Like I knew I'm going to have a big life. Like there's, I'm going to do some stuff. And I didn't feel that feeling necessarily there with him. And so there I am at work one day, like low performing, like I didn't really give a shit. And I was reading Seth's blog. I was just reading, I was just scrolling on the internet And Seth's blog comes in and it says, if you could change your life, would you? That was the title of this blog. And the blog post goes on to describe a six-month program, learning marketing, business, entrepreneurship, publishing, da-da-da-da-da, at his office in Hastings. And um, 
And did I want to do it? It was like an alternative business school for six months to come up and learn with him. So, I mean, what's going through my mind at that time is hell yeah, if I could change my life, would I? And I'm just going to do it right now. So I quit my job that day. And all I did for the next three days was apply to this program. And I literally felt like Philippe Petit. I don't know if you know this, um, the man on the wire story where he walks up between the world trade and he said like the world trade center, those two towers were created for him. I had never felt so strongly that something was made for me. Like I literally, there was a lot of uncertainty when I hit submit on that application, but there was also this feeling that like, yep, yep, yes. And so you know, for three days, I literally ate, slept and wrote that application, hit send and prayed like a mofo. And then that was that. And then a couple of days later, I get an email saying, yep, come for an interview. So 25 of us from all different walks of life go and we go for this interview. And it's like a cocktail party at eight in the morning where you're meeting all these people. And I had a two minute interview with Seth. I literally was blithering and blurbling like an idiot. I don't even remember what I said. I was like, I'm so happy to be here and I can't even believe I'm here and thank you so much. And just a lunatic. And, um, and then there was nine of us that ended up getting in and I was one of the nine and it was the biggest shock of my life slash made the, made perfect sense. Um, and so I started that program. We started literally Honestly, Srini, 10 years ago to the day, no, four days, four days ago to the day, January 20th, when Obama was elected, it was the day he was inaugurated and we watched the inauguration and it was all like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Amazing energy. So I had literally gotten the thing that I had wanted the most in my entire life. Right. I was like, I didn't commit to med school. I didn't commit to all these other random ass jobs. I didn't commit to photography. Like, what was my deal? What was going on with me? I was so confused. And now I had gotten this thing that felt made for me. And I had all this good energy. And (laughs) I mean, there's a big but that comes into all of this, which is, but when you get what you ultimately want, like for me, usually what happens is shit hits the fan. (laughs) And so I started this program with nine other people that was such a high performance. Like you had to come in and have such a high performance and you were with Seth and 500,000 people read his blog a day. And he was blogging about the program and there was all this new information, business and marketing. And I had no experience. I went home and cried for three hours that night and had to Google what even is a blog. I had to Google everything, like figuring out what the heck was going on here. And for six months, not a whole lot changed. It was the absolute scariest thing I have ever done in my life outside of another family thing, which I'll, well, that's a whole nother conversation, but it was the scariest thing I'd ever done. And for six months, I was the most anxious I've ever been, the most scared I've ever been. Um, I lost 20 pounds. I ended a relationship at the time that I was in for seven years. We were engaged for two years. 
I was super stressed. It was the hardest time of my entire life. And it was absolutely the thing that changed everything for me. Um, Those six months were the foundation of me understanding what it means to really take a risk and put yourself in the most uncomfortable position you've ever been in. I mean, I can say this now, 10 years, I said it then too, but I can say it now, 10 years later, I'm sitting in the exact same office right now. As we record this, I took the exact same train up today um, because I've just started working with Seth doing this other gig, which I'll explain. And I still felt triggered this morning taking the train to Grand Central because that experience was the most uncomfortable. But what I can say 10 years later is that it was the foundational piece that helped me um, start the magazine that I would start later, which is Fearless Magazine, Um, helped me run my own business. I was a leadership and still am a leadership and a business and marketing coach for the last six years. It's helped me speak, excuse me, build my, it's helped me build my career as a speaker on stage, even though I can't speak right now. It's, it's helped me in every risky professional endeavor that I've ever ventured on in my life. And it was extreme. It was like extreme mental and emotional boot camp and skill building boot camp. And the journey after that, like after those six months, so every single day for six months, I was terrified. I'd have to go home and Google. I would cry. Um, <clears throat> I didn't tell anyone else how scared I was, um, except for my two close friends. Two of my best friends, Al Pithampali and Clay Bear, came out of that same program. We've been best friends both for group. 10 years. And what? they've both been guests here. They've both been guests on the podcast. Oh, see that? They're going to love that they both came before me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been... Every, so, so that program for six months, we were all together doing this. And after that, man, I was like, thank God this shit is done. This is six months. We're done. I was like racing to that finish line. And lo and behold, at the end of that six months, Seth says, I'm looking for one person to stay on to help me with my book launch, to help me with my projects, to help me, you know, basically kind of as a right-hand person. And I want it to be you. And I thought he was joking. I literally looked at him and I was like, are you out of your mind? Like, do you know what this has been like for me? And I'm the person sitting here with the least amount of experience. And, you know, and I realized from that is that I really do bring something different to the table. Like it had nothing. I really have used the last 10 years to claim so much ownership and to claim my seat at the proverbial table. That's really the biggest thing that I've been learning. And he gave me that space. And so despite how scared I was, I mean, it did take a lot of consideration just because mentally, emotionally, physically, I was dead. Um, I did have to consider it, but you know, I, I talked to God, I looked inside my soul and I knew I still had stuff to learn. And so I stayed on for three years <laughs> after for three years. And I'm not, it didn't get easier. It did not get easier. But what happened was I started to learn how to build my own toolbox for how to deal with anxiety and fear and high performance 
and things that I didn't know about and how to ask questions and how to work with someone really high level. And in the process, I started a magazine called Fearless while I was still in that first six-month program. Because basically, Srini, if I'm honest, I wanted free therapy. I wanted to know how people I admired, entrepreneurs, authors, etc., had gone through fear. And so I interviewed them. And for a year and a half or two years, I interviewed people. I put this magazine together and it was the love of my freaking life. I loved it so much. And I started that in the program because one day Seth walks in and he's like, all right, people, you're going to start a business or you're going to start a project. And I was like, well, I don't know what it means to start a business. So I'll start, you know, this, the only thing that could come to mind, the only thing that came to mind was starting this magazine. So I did that and I stayed on with him and I, we, I learned how to put on book launches. I learned how to do book marketing. I learned how to do press and media for books. I learned what it meant to be in some ways like a digital entrepreneur, like all of these things that I learned and it fundamentally changed what I thought was possible. Being around someone like Seth, the word potential and possibility are just It's like the neon lights are flashing because there's no, like failure is okay. Failure is totally okay. Bad ideas are great. Um, When people say no to you, there's another way around it. Like that stance and that lean towards anything is possible. I had never, I, I felt it inside of myself since I was young, but I had never seen it in a real life person. And that's kind of what Seth embodied for me was let's go. What's the idea? What's possible here? Let's go. And I had a lot of runway and I didn't take up enough space, you know, in coming back 10 years later, like now I just, I just started a gig with him a couple weeks ago. So it's very new and it's very fresh as director of development for a lot of the projects that we're running. Primarily a big thing that we're doing is online education. So there's a lot of courses and workshops that we're launching And I'm head of like basically developing that and figuring out the marketing and the growth strategy. And it's so crazy to come back here 10 years later after having run my own business for six years, after doing all the things that I've been, that I've done, but also having been in the same office in the same way. My only goal and it fires subconsciously is take up space, say what you need to say, take the risk, pursue it, pursue it, pursue it. Whether that's me speaking up at a meeting or it's me, um, delivering some kind of feedback, um, or it's me, you know, executing on an idea. It's, it's been challenging even to be back and to like have to do all the emotional labor that comes along with it. But it's been pretty remarkable to see how much I have changed and how much I can rely on myself and my toolbox. Um, it's kind of cool, actually. It's kind of cool because I'm pretty chilled out versus 10 years ago, I was a f- hot mess, hot, hot mess. Um, and so 
<laughs> there's so much even in there. Um, yeah. Seth is fundamentally changed my perspective about who I believe I am because of the risks I can take. And because I see the world offer him things because he takes up space and challenges himself and takes risks. And I see the world reward that. And so you better believe I feel that's possible for me combined with this feeling that I have about myself that like, I'm here to do big things. I'm here for something bigger. Even if that bigger is always looking at what the next version of myself is, like conquering my fear, conquering anxiety, getting better relationships with my parents, whatever that next thing is for me, I'm here to pursue my full potential. And so him believing in me has affirmed that in a way that like, I don't need another Indian person in my community to say, yes, you're doing things right. Like I got freaking Seth Godin, like wanting, like telling me my ideas are the bomb and like hearing my feedback and like, we're taking risks together. Like what? That's crazy. And also it really just allows me to believe in myself and my own ideas because I'm not Seth. I'm a young 37-year-old Indian woman who comes from this per- particular perspective, personal growth, personal development, like codependency is really powerful, like uh, who's really interested in leadership and business Ooh. and poverty. Like I have all of these things that I bring to the table that I now have the freedom to believe in myself as opposed to like taking on Seth's perspective. So a big thing that I've learned by working with someone as high level and as um, generous as Seth has been how to find my own, excuse me, how to find my own voice, how to find my own stamp, how to make it my own. Even if the tendency is to be a yes man with Seth or to think that he's the best at marketing, which he is, he's so awesome at marketing, but like, I know things. I know a lot of things. I'm not the best at a lot of things, but here's what I know. And here's what I can bring. And here's what I want to bring. And here's the risk that I want to take. And I don't think I would have had that as strongly as I do if I didn't have the track record of having someone like him believe in me. So I'm super grateful because it's helped me um, figure out a different way to walk through the world. And it's also edified like myself. It's also edified my belief in myself. One final question around Seth, and then we'll wrap things up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you talked to him about your parents? Because I want to bring us full circle for where we started. Um, and what have you said? Yeah, I have. I, I talked to Seth about my parents when I was really in the thick of it because I wanted some perspective. Like I was helping my mom with her business and I was really trying to find some kind of solutions that seemed sustainable for her to run her business without me being like the key, like the linchpin basically. And so I asked Seth like some business ideas and how to how to keep things sustainable but he also can read between the lines and knew it was really affecting me and he gave me the best advice which is that you know to really whether it's financially or it's <clears throat> some kind of other 
like put a system in place, put some people in place, hire people, put things in place so that I'm not the one doing things because I can't be the one doing things. And I can only help my parents so much if I'm the one doing the helping, because there's all sorts of emotional components to that. Whereas someone else can do all the external helping and I can be managing that, you know? So it's not necessarily, it's not throwing money at a problem, but it is like, is there some, is there a solution that's outside of you? And that was really helpful for me to hear. I didn't take his advice initially because I was too myopic and I was too in it at the time. It took me a good year and a half to implement his advice. But we talked a bunch of times during that time and he was emotionally supportive, very generous, very loving, very supportive. But he would remind me that I could only do so much to help my parents. And, um, and once I was sort of out of it, he was again super supportive. I cannot say enough. I think when someone genuinely loves you and has respect for you, whether it's something hard going on in your life or whatever, like Seth has always been there. He has genuinely always been there. And it's not like I'm crying every night to him because also you you got to use people, not use them, but use them essentially in the ways that is worth using. Like Seth is not that person, right? Like I should call my best friend or my sister or whatever. But to get someone like this, who's been in my professional world to also offer that emotional support has been, uh, I'm just really grateful for it. It makes me, I'm loyal to Seth to the end. I have, um, uh, I don't even know how to put it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. Um, that he was there for me in that time. So he knows, he knows the scope of it. He tells me he's proud of me for how I'm dealing with it now. Um, now that I'm out of it. So yeah, I, I did talk to him about it at the time and I know it also like hurt him. It hurt him to see me really hurt and upset, you know? And so I think he tried to help me as best he could at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, this has been uh, really, really mind-blowing. So I have one last question for okay. you, uh, which is how we finish all of our interviews at The Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Oh. I think self-acceptance. I think self-acceptance um, allows you to bring out your real, real flavor, (laughs) for lack of a better word. There is no one like you. There is no one like me. And when we can accept ourselves, I think that's, that's the only time we let that flavor really out. Otherwise we're really scared to let it out. So I think self-acceptance. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your insights with the listeners. Where can people find out more about you and uh, all these amazing things you're up to? <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm so grateful to be here and share. I don't think I've ever shared like that in an interview about like my family and the whole scope of things. So I just- I've been known to do that. Yeah. I just, I so appreciate <laughs> the whole the whole journey we just took. And for everyone listening who's generously listening- Thank you for listening. Like I, I really, 
appreciate that. Um, and I hope you took something from it. I, it's super easy. <clears throat> you can find me everywhere online at, um, Ishita Gupta. Well, my website is ishitagupta.com. I blog there, um, on Instagram, Ishita Gupta, Facebook, Ishita Gupta. It's pretty simple. It's just first name, last name on all platforms, but Instagram is probably the most inst- in- interesting, um, approach. Uh, you'll hear me talk about David and our story. You'll hear me talk about codependency. A lot of it has recently been on Instagram. So I would start there if you don't know who I am. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we'll wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.